We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Luke chapter 2, verse 41, NASB version. Shout, I got it when you get there. Now listen, we have cell phones, we've got, we've got <laughs> tablets, and y'all still haven't gotten there? You got it, Camille? Amen. There we go. We got a few amens. I'm going to push. And I'll read for you at verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it. But supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, shout three days. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father... Oh, I just saw something in that. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> good. Um, Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them... Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Um, We're finishing up the Christmas holiday. Did everybody have a good Christmas? Give give a round of applause if you had a good Christmas. (laughs) Santa Claus brought you everything you could wildly desire. Um, I, I think this ranks, I think I was talking to Cody about this the other day. This ranks is one of the top holidays of our Christmases I've had. Not that I got so much. Um, I got a lot um, from my standards. Um, but um, I got some difficult standards, but I got a lot. Um, but this year, uh, my mother was here with us. Um, that, was, that was a ton of fun. I wish Kennedy was in here. She just thinks my mother is hilarious. And she says things to her to make her say stuff. So she could laugh. And it's, that's just not good. It's not a good thing to do. Um, although it was a great time with my, my mother, it, 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 um, it adds a layer of complexity. Um, because she's, she's gotten older now and, you know, she needs a little bit more of attention. Um, but even with the complexity that she brings, um, she, she brings a whole lot with her that I can just appreciate. Um, when she shows up, she's automatically thinking of all of my, my staples, of uh, food staples when I was a boy. And she's going to cook every one of them if I let her. Um, and, you know, she, she had started in on some, some sweet potato pies, um, which was just amazing. She, she, biscuits are just a thing I just have to have. Um, I think I ate five biscuits. Don't judge me. But I ate five of them with some syrup and some fried chicken. I had a good time this year. Um, she also cooked, she, she cooked pound cake, lemon pound cake. Lemon, original lemon pound cake fans. Yeah, she, she, she does a good job. I do a pretty good job, too, but she's the original, and I kind of steal my recipes from her. She actually said that this year, actually. Um, so I walk in one day, and, and um, 
she has already cooked the, these, these pound cakes. You know, I had already gotten the ingredients for her. I just didn't know what day she was going to cook them. But by the time I got back home, um, she had already cooked the pound cakes, and everybody's kind of standing around. So I said to myself, well, since I know that you cooked these pound cakes for me, both of them, I'll just cut me a slice. And she says to me, she says, well, well, cut, cut, cut that one. I said, this one? She says, yeah. She says, and she whispers to me, she says, I messed that one up. <laughs> she said, I forgot to put the lemon flavor in it. But don't worry. I put the lemon flavor in the icing. It's fine. Now, my mother's been cooking pound cakes for 50 years. It's no joke. She's been cooking for 50 years. I didn't have the heart to tell my mother, Ma, that is not lemon pound cake. That's pound cake with lemon icing. There's a difference. Because the lemon flavor should be in every morsel of the cake, every crumb. There should be lemon, there should be lemon flavor inside of the cake. But because she forgot a step, she forgot to add it. It was an additive. It was added on to the outside. Nothing was on the inside. I want to make sure that as we transition into to 2020, um, that the main ingredient is the main ingredient. I want to make sure that we don't step into 2020 and let Jesus be an additive or something that we add on the backside, because that's what we typically do. Because we're so worried about the New Year's resolution, we've got to lose some weight, we've got to get the new job, we've got all these new goals that we have to pile and stack up. We oftentimes forget about Jesus, and we think it is just okay when June rolls around, I'll go see about Jesus now, and I won't have him in my life to begin with. And we don't understand that Jesus has to be in every morsel, every bite of your soul. He needs to be in your fiber. He needs to be in your, he needs to be part of your being. He needs to be what you do. He needs to be the main ingredient. I think we have a problem keeping the main thing the main thing. And we feel okay when it's not the main thing and we'll just, okay, I'll get to it later. But I want to help you understand that Jesus, God wants us to make sure that he's the main ingredient this year. And I think oftentimes we can fool ourselves into thinking, well, if, if I do all the aesthetics, if I do all of the things that religion calls me to do, if I show up at church, if I give me an offering and all those different things, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But all of those things are external. Oh, gosh. He, he died and he gave his life some 2,000 years ago so that the relationship you have with him would be internal. He wants, he wants the lemon flavor on the inside. He doesn't want the lemon flavor on the outside. And, and here's the thing. Yes, the, lemon, the, lemon, the, the, the pound cake with lemon icing was still good. But I knew better. And we can go through our year and we know better. We know we're not positioned. We know we don't have the posture that pleases God. We know that we should be doing more. We know that we don't have a relationship. But I'll just add them on. I might show up this week at church and give a, give, a, give a praise, and I might shout amen, and I may just lift my hands. I may do something this year, but he's, he's not the main thing. Shout the main thing. The main ingredient is what matters. Yeah. 
You can't have a lemon pound cake without lemon flavor. Just in the same fashion, I did not have the heart to tell my mother because I think she'd have gave me the business. <laughs> Just like I didn't have the heart to tell her mom, no, that's not lemon pound cake. Although it still tastes good. It's not lemon pound cake. We, we don't have the heart to tell ourselves. We're just serviceable Christians. You know, we're subpar Christians. Don't come into a church like TMC and expect for the word to push you any, to push you into impact, to push you into action, to push you into change. We have a problem with that because the main thing isn't the main thing. So the way we get with this whole thing is that, well, make sure you, 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 you look at me from the top down. Don't look at me from the inside out because, you know, you, you got to bite the cake a certain way to make sure you get both flavors. And oh, you just caught me on a bad day. That wasn't my Christian side. This was my bad side. You caught me on the wrong day. You, you, you shouldn't have said that today. But if the lemon flavor is in every morsel. Oh, bite from the bottom to the top. Bite from the side to the left. Whatever you want, in whatever shape, form, or fashion you want to take me, you can take me because he's in me. I'm not even a fan of the icing. Not even a fan. But yet and still, I'll accept it because it's serviceable. Check this out. I, I kind of measure myself as a guy who knows food a bit. You know what I mean? And to, to, to a novice pound cake eater, that cake was amazing. But I said to myself, I know my mama could have done better. To, to your family members who don't have a relationship at all, you look like the saved one. You look like the one who is holy. You look like the one. No, you don't look like you're the one that we have to get prayer. We, we, we got to get her to pray. But they don't know there's nothing on the inside. Everything I'm doing is external. Oh, God, I'm teaching real good right now, y'all. Everything that I'm doing is external. And, and, and here's the thing. Oh, gosh. The thing about lemon pound cake on a lemon, I mean, lemon, lemon icing on a lemon pound cake is that you use confection and sugar. Confection sugar gets hard. It gets crunchy. And because you've just drizzled it on the outside, it's hard to access the flavor. I'm teaching too good on this pound cake stuff, y'all. I can keep going. Tell your neighbor, keep the main ingredient. The main ingredient. I want to tell you a few things from this text. Let's go to verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he became... 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending a full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware <clears throat> of it. My first point that I need you to write down today, please write it down, is spiritual responsibility. Say that with me, spiritual, spiritual. responsibility. Okay, y'all dying already. Spiritual, spiritual. responsibility. Um, you can read in the text that, or you can 
extrapolate from the text that Mary and Joseph were devout Jews. Um, they went up to Jerusalem from Galilee um, to the annual Passover festival. Um, this was like the big conference, the, the big one that you go to, and everybody goes to it. And the, the text says that they stayed there the entire conference, and after uh, it was over, they gathered their belongings um, and everything that they had, um, and they head back to Galilee. Jerusalem is where church took place. Um, Jerusalem is where the conference took place. And then they gathered their belongings, and then they went back to Galilee. And somehow along the way, um, they, they, forgot, they forgot about Jesus. They literally forgot the guy. Somehow, some way, he got lost in the religion, and they forgot about him. And all they went back home with was religion and not Jesus. And here's the thing. This is, this is no indictment. This is no indictment against Mary and Joseph. No indictment. The things I'm getting ready to say, she is still Hail Mary, and, and, and Joseph did his thing. I give them all the credit. But how do you do that? Not, not physically, because it can be done. I mean, you lose your kid in the store every now and again. Okay, I'm by myself. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. I'm not asking, you know, not literally, not physically how they did it, but how? How do you know, how, how do you leave him knowing who he is? How do you leave him knowing what lies in the balance of what his name means? How do you leave him knowing what he was brought here to do? How do you forget about him? How is it possible? And then I started to think to myself, well, Mary and Joseph, let's go a little further with you. How is it that you leave this Jesus, this Jesus that, 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 that you birthed, this Jesus that you had to go through so much pain with, this Jesus that you had to, 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 to birth inside of a manger, this Jesus that caused you also to ridicule, this Jesus that made people call you a liar, this Jesus that made people talk about you, how could you leave him after you went through so much? How could you forget about him? How could you leave him in Jerusalem after, you, after you've been through and experienced so much? And now he's 12 years old and you've made all of this progress and you leave him there. That, that made me think about us. For some of us this year, this year, we sold ourselves out to God. We made significant progress. We, we started to see him in a different light. We started to go deeper. We started to have some conversations with him. We started to pray more. We started to dig more. We started to do all of this stuff to make sure that we birthed Jesus in our life, and then somehow, some way, we'll forget him along the way. After all that he's done for you, after all that he means to you, how could you forget him? How could we contemplate going into, into next year, focusing on everything else except for him? Knowing what he means to us, knowing what he means to me, knowing what he's done for me, how could I leave him? Some of us had to change lifestyles this year. Some of us had to turn our backs on some family members this year. Some of us had to walk away from, from, from some friends that, that were good friends, but they just weren't the type of friend that lined up with who I wanted to be. I had to walk away from so much. But how can you contemplate walking into 2020 and leaving Jesus in 2019? 
here's the thing. I can't take my eyes off him now. I've been through too much this year. I've experienced too much pain this year to take my eyes off of Jesus. I've, 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 I've had too much hurt. I've, I've, I've carried too many burdens to, to take my eyes off of Jesus. And this is the position that Mary and Joseph find themselves in. And here's what I wanted you to understand is that we all carry this spiritual responsibility once we birth Jesus into our life. Once he's birthed into your life, once you say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, once you say, Lord, you are Lord of my life, and I make, you, I make you my God, and you're my king, once he's birthed into my heart, now I have a spiritual responsibility to make sure I never take my eyes off of him. Mary, how could, how could you, after knowing what took place in this manger, and you're still on DCF's list, knowing what took place and knowing all of the stuff that you're going through, How could you leave them? We get so caught up sometimes with life that we forget about our responsibility. Once he's birthed in my heart, once he's birthed in my mind, once he's birthed in my spirit, he is now my responsibility. I can't take my eyes off of him. Kennedy's 12. Just check it. Kennedy's 12. That'll be like me going home to Syracuse, New York, and leaving the girl. Do you know what would be on the the 5 o'clock news? After I've invested so much, listen to me now, you've invested too much this year. You finally start to see the light this year. You've started to, to understand who God is calling you to be this year. And I'm trying to make sure I press you so that you don't leave him in 2019. He goes with you in 2020. I saw him in a new light this year. I experienced his love this year. I experienced his peace this year. I experienced his power this year. And I have to make sure that I don't take my eyes off of him. Here's the funny thing. If the physical Jesus could get lost, how much easier is it to lose the spiritual Jesus? I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, listen, I'm, I'm, we're putting in work today. I'm just trying to get you to understand the complexities of the relationship that you have with him. You have to make sure that you're intentional about keeping your eyes on him. No, Jesus, you can't go over there. Mm-mm. Stay right by my side. Stay right here with me. Because here's the thing, right? He promised to never leave me nor forsake me, so that means that he won't leave me. But I'll walk away from him. I have to be intentional wherever I go. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm a terrible person to follow anywhere. Like driving, don't follow me. Get Put it in your GPS because somehow I forget. I forget that you're behind me. I forget to have a caravan of people that's waiting on me with every turn. Here's the thing. You have to understand that once he's birthed into your heart, he is now with you. He's with you. You have to make sure that wherever you go, he goes. Oh, gosh, I like this next point. You, you getting anything? Yeah. Let's go to, we're going to do 41 again. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year after the feast of Passover, Passover. And when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were on. 
aware of it. Point number two is this, spiritual focus. Spiritual focus. Shout that, spiritual focus. Now, here's the thing. I have no doubt in my mind that Mary and Joseph, as they were on their way to Passover in the caravan, they had a Dodge Durango. They're in the car, headed to Passover, and they say to Jesus, we leave it on Friday. Okay? Yes, Mom. Joseph said, Jesus, you remember, we leave it on Friday. Yes, Dad. There is no doubt in my mind that Jesus was fully aware of the day that they were leaving. He was fully aware of it. But on the day that they were supposed to leave, Mary and Joseph was so focused on where they were going that they never looked back for Jesus. They were so focused on what was coming next and where they were headed that they never understood that Jesus was staying where he was. They were so focused on the next goal. They were so focused on the next town. They were so focused on gathering all of their stuff together to get out of where they were that they forgot to bring Jesus along. They were focused on something else and not focused on him. So here's what happens, right? When, when, so, so when we start, I don't, what do we call it, like the hashtag grind or whatever we call it nowadays, um, you know, we, we're living our best life and doing all these different things. We get so focused on what we're doing that we don't, we don't realize that Jesus is not with us. The text says, you read it yourself, it says Jesus stayed behind, he wasn't left. It was always Jesus' plan to stay there. So here's what we do. When we get so focused on who we want to be and who we want to become, we start informing Jesus of where we're going to be. Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to get the new job. Jesus, I'm going to go be this person. Jesus, I'm going to go pick this up. And we expect for Jesus to be there when we get there. But Jesus was always staying behind. Oh. It says Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. You could tell him all you want. But if his plan for you is here. I don't want to leave this place. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh man. In, in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 33, Moses was talking to God. And God says, listen, I'm tired of y'all. He said, I'm tired of y'all. If I, 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 here's the thing. I'm going to give you the promised land, but I'm not going. Moses said, well, God, even though it's promised to me, if you're not going, I don't want it. Here's the thing. Your goals can be good things. It's all good stuff. It's all necessities. But if it's not a God thing. Moses says, I don't even want what's promised to me, God, if you're not going to be there. I don't want to be the new me without Jesus. I don't want to shed 50 pounds without Jesus. I don't, I don't care how, how much I have to do or what I think I want to do. I don't want to do it without Jesus. Jesus, Jesus said, listen, I've always planned to be right here. This is where I'm staying. But we get so focused on the next year and all of our plans and, 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 and the New Year's resolution and, 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 and getting our finances together and getting our family together and working on our marriage that we forget that we didn't birth Jesus. And I have a spiritual responsibility. <laughs> 
for Jesus. Okay. Let's get some more. Verse 43. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it. But supposed, everybody shout supposed. Supposed Supposed him to be in the caravan. And when a day's journey, and they began looking for him among the relatives and the acquaintances. Point number three is spiritual supposition. Say that with me, spiritual Spiritual. supposition. Now, it was um, customary that when... Um, all of these 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 um, these Jews they were they were Jewish. Um, they would go back to Jerusalem for um, these festivals. They had three a year that they would go back for that were very important. We talked about one last week, I mean, the Festival of Lights. We talked about that one last week. Now this one is the, the Passover, and then and when they would go to these different events, um, they would go in big groups. They call them caravans in the text, not a Dodge caravan. Group of people traveling together. They would go in these big, big caravans, one, for safety and protection and all that stuff, but two, we chip in and get gas. You know, all of us go together. (laughs) We can lap up and we can get there. That wasn't a good joke. Okay. Um, But they would would travel in these caravans, and one of the things that they would do is that they would send the women in front um, because the women traveled slower than the men. So they would let them get out in front of them, and then the men would would take off, and they would walk. It was not uncommon to not know where your child was in that day because I'm with family, I'm with friends, and, and, and Mary's up there, and I'm back here. So I suppose Mary got him. Mary, have you seen Jesus? I suppose Joseph got him. Everybody is supposing or assuming that Jesus is there, but nobody has him. One of the things that we are guilty of is supposing or assuming that because my husband got Jesus, I ain't got to have him today. We, we, we do a bad job of supposing that if I go to a church that's full of the Holy Spirit, then that means that I'm good. But we, we suppose that if I could just phone a friend and get them to pray for me, I'm good to go. No, 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 no. It's a spiritual responsibility that you have to make sure that you know where Jesus is. Because what happens is this. We tend to think that somebody else in the clan has Jesus. And I don't have to have them for myself as long as I can, you know, call my girl and she's going to make sure she pray for me. When I show up at work, you got Jesus today? Y'all laughing, but you're, you, 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 got, you got Jesus because you need to pray for me. No, 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 no. He is your Jesus. He belongs to you. Okay. The angels say to the shepherds, unto you a savior has been born. Unto who? Say it again. Say it again. He is your Jesus, not your friends. He has been born unto you. And oftentimes we suppose we still save. We suppose we living for God because we showed up at church. No, it's Jesus with you. Because the Savior has been born unto you. It belongs to you. 
Joseph in the back, and he walking with the boys. I, ain't, I know Mary got him. Don't worry about a guy. It's okay. And then what, here's, here's the bad thing about us is that we suppose somebody else got him, but we, when, when we find out that they don't have him, what do we do then? Now, what happens then? Like, where do you go then when you find out, like, um, you know, Tina, I showed up to work today, and I thought you was going to have Jesus. You got Jesus. Girl, I had a rough day. <laughs> so nobody has Jesus. <laughs> nobody can find Jesus. Listen to me. God is calling us away from assuming that we have him. You got to know you got him. Oh, my mom used to say, before you walk out the house, put on the Full armor of God. I got to pray myself happy. I can't get nobody else to pray for me. I pray for myself. I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus. I can't suppose somebody else. I can't assume somebody else has him. I've got to have him. You got to have him. Look at your other name and say, you got to have him. Stop supposing. That somebody else is supposed to have Jesus for you. They're supposed to be the holy one today. Y'all pray for all of us today. Okay. Shout a Savior has been born unto you. Let's push for more. Verse 43. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went, went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his, his answers when they saw him. They were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. Point number four is this, spiritual unrest. Shout spiritual. spiritual. Y'all not shouting spiritual. spiritual. Unrest. unrest. Now, a return trip home from this conference from, from, from Passover should have rejuvenated Mary and Joseph. They should have been revived. They should have been on fire. They should have been excited about God and what God was going to do. But all of a sudden, all of everything turns into utter chaos. Because nobody can find Jesus. Mary runs back to Joseph. Joseph, do you have Jesus? He's like, I don't, I don't have Jesus. Well, I suppose you had him. Mary runs into some tents and she's tearing things up trying to find Jesus. And all of a sudden, what should have been a calm, what should have been peace, what should have been, what should have been energizing, now it turns into unrest. It turns into anxiety. Because she's, she, she's, she's looking intense. She's, she's going to family members. She's going to friends. She's going to people that she knows. And she's asking for Jesus. She's looking desperately for Jesus. But Jesus is not with them. She's looking for the right person, but in the wrong place. 
She's running from place to place because she's lost Jesus. I got to find him. Did you see Jesus? Have you heard him? Did he say anything? Well, I saw him back in Jerusalem, but I hadn't seen him. Where is he? I got to get him. And she's running from place to place to place to place to, 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 to ease this pain that she has because she has lost her Jesus. And I don't think that we ever put words to it. But oftentimes in our life, we experience spiritual unrest. We're somewhere along the way we have left Jesus. But we start to look for him in places where he's not. And I start to feel this anxiety. I start to feel this pressure as if I'm never going to get back with him. I'm never going to find him again. But it's not that he's not where he needs to be. You're just looking in the wrong places because you won't find Jesus in somebody. You won't find him in a bottle. You won't find him at the spa. You won't find him on a shopping spree. You won't find him in buying yourself a new thing. You won't find him in those things because he's not there. He, oh gosh, he is still. I started to tease out this word of the, of the name Jerusalem. And it means foundation of peace. Foundation of peace. <laughs> Jesus had determined that he wasn't going to go with his parents, and he said that he was staying in the place of peace. I'm not going. I'm staying in the place of peace. And we're trying to find peace in our pleasures. We're trying to find comfort in the things that we do. We try to find all, but, but Jesus is saying, listen, I'm here where you met me. I'm still in the place of peace. I'm still here. I wrote this thing, and I, I want you to write this down. I cannot pacify my flesh and expect to satisfy the needs of my spirit. I cannot pacify my flesh and expect to satisfy the needs of my spirit. <laughs> Say it again. Okay, I got it. <laughs> I cannot pacify my flesh and expect to satisfy the needs of my spirit. I cannot pacify my flesh and expect to satisfy the needs of my spirit. Jesus says in the book of Luke, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, so that you can experience rest. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and, and those who are burdened, so that you can experience rest. I think a lot of times we frustrate people, we frustrate ourselves, because we're looking for people and things to be the Jesus that we're missing. Here's the thing. Once you've had an experience with Jesus, you had the experience. There's nothing that's going to replace it. When he is missing, he's missing. There is nothing that can replace him, and you will frustrate yourself and people because they can't be Jesus. They cannot be your peace. I'm funny like this. I'll tell my wife when I had a long day, um, babe, I just need to rest. I want to eat a good meal. Get me something good to eat. 
you won't find them on a plate. You, 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 won't, you won't, listen to me, you won't find them, I'm old school, in the joint. You won't find him in marijuana. You won't find him in alcohol. You won't, fi- you won't find him there. Once he's missing, he's missing. Let's get this last one. I think this is the most important one. Verse 45. When they, had not found, when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. He said to them, why is it that you are looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Our last and final point before we walk away from the last Sunday of this decade um, is spiritual return. A spiritual return. In my opinion, um, this is probably the hardest thing that any of us could ever do. They, they finally got to a space, Mary and Joseph, where they stopped looking for Jesus where they were. They tapped out all of their resources. They, 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 they had gotten tired of asking the same question. They had gotten tired of getting into arguments and and being frustrated and feeling anxiety and and feeling depressed about this, and they finally decided to themselves, we got to return to Jerusalem. We we have to make a return. And I gave you these four points to keep you away from getting away from Jesus. But it is inevitable that everybody in here is going to walk with Jesus the way that we desire to. And some of us are going to get off the mark. And what I wanted to make sure I made everybody understand in here today is that it is as simple as making a return. The reason why returning is so hard specifically for Jesus or with Jesus or returning to Jesus is that Jesus has questions. So when Mary and Joseph get back, they, they kind of blame Jesus. They, they say, why have you done this to us? And we oftentimes feel like that when things don't go our way and we don't feel God. It's like, well, why, God, did you leave me? Why have you forsaken me? But he has promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you. So they say this to Jesus and listen to Jesus' response. Verse 49, and he said to them, why is it that you are looking for me? Why are you looking for me? What got your attention that made you leave me? What took your focus away from me? Why is it that you left me? And here's the thing. I've learned in my life that why is a very difficult question to answer. Because why makes us and forces us to have to be honest. Honest. 
Jesus, I was focused on me. I was trying to get this family together, Jesus. I was trying to get all this stuff together. I was trying to, to find me a spouse. I was trying to do all this stuff, Jesus. Jesus, don't you see everything that I'm trying to accomplish? That question, why, is very difficult. He said, why is it that you left me here? I didn't leave you. <laughs> I was always determined to be right here. Listen to me. I was always determined to be right here in your place of peace. Listen to me. Listen, listen. He says, so return. Mary and Joseph just simply returned. They had knocked on enough doors. They, <laughs> they, had, they had done enough in that time to finally say to themselves, I just got to return. I got to return to where my peace was. <laughs> so here's the thing. For some of us, we entered 2019 and we said, we're going to give Jesus a shot. I'm going to do it. And somewhere along the way, we lost focus. Take that back. We became focused, but just not on him. So we left Jesus. We, we, we left him. And, 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 and we know that we don't feel the same way that we felt when we were in relationship with him. And all Jesus is saying right now, return. Listen to me. Oh, gosh. I have a few questions for you. And this is the powerful piece of it, y'all. This is the powerful piece of the entire message. He has to ask you why you left him. Because if you don't know why you left him, you'll leave him again. So Jesus, upon your return, is going to ask you why. What did I do? What was the problem? Why did you leave me? And once you can answer that question, then you will know, I'm not going to fall for the same thing, Satan, in 2020. Yeah. I'm not falling for the same trick. Because the main ingredient, oh gosh, will remain the main ingredient. I want him to be in every essence, in every piece of my life. I want God to be in every conversation. I want him to be in every touch. And I have to make sure that I keep him the main thing, always the main thing, every day, all year long, because I want to make sure that when you come in contact with me, you can taste them. And listen to me. I want my relationship to be so strong in 2020 that when I leave this place, they're going to know that he just left church. Not by his clothes, not by the external, but I feel something. Oh, gosh. I feel like I feel something from this guy. The worshipers in, 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 in the Old Testament. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. The worshipers in the Old Testament were intentional when they showed up to the temple. They came with a sacrifice. And after, they, and after they went to worship, that's what they called it. They called it sacrifice worship. When they had gone to worship, they had the blood stain still on them. So when they left the temple, when they left the place of religion, when they left the church, everybody knew that that guy right there just got done worshiping. Because the blood's all over him. I want my 2020 to look like that. I want to have an impact this year. Does anybody want to have an impact this year? I want my family to look different this year. 
I want my heart to feel different this year. I want to stop getting in my feelings this year. But the way that I do that is to understand that I carry, I carry a spiritual responsibility for the Jesus that I've birthed. I can't lose him. I can't lose him. Listen, come hell or high water, I'm not letting him go. I'm not letting him go. Here's the thing. Because unto me, shout me, a Savior has been born. Thank you. Unto me, a Savior has been born. Listen to me. Y'all don't know me. That's the problem. But unto me, a Savior has been born. Him knowing who I was and everything that I've done and everybody that I've hurt, he still, he said, Wanzel, <laughs> I'm going to trust you with my son. So as we position ourselves to walk into 2020, Greater than the external. I want to make sure that on the inside, I don't lose sight of Jesus. Listen to me. If you want to have like cataclysmic failure, leave him in 2019. If, if, if you want to experience it, leave him in 2019. Here's my thing. At a bare minimum, you've given too much this year. You've made too much progress this year to leave them. Stand to your feet. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.